You have successfully accessed the NARS server. Hail Mimra. Welcome to the finale of The Word Virus, Season 1. Our next episode will be a standalone story available only to our supporters at patreon.com slash thewordvirus. For $5 a month, you can access each season's bonus episode and story. There are also support tiers that include downloads of Season 1's original score by Eric Peterson, as well as signed copies of Punk Rock vs. the Lizard People, and more. Visit patreon.com slash thewordvirus to learn more. If you've enjoyed Season 1 of The Word Virus and are interested in seeing it continue, the entire operation depends, in part, on your support. Consider leaving a few kind words in a review on iTunes. If you've read Punk Rock vs. the Lizard People, the book on which Season 1 is based, and liked it, consider saying so in an Amazon review. The following podcast contains strong language and adult themes and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Behold the annals of pestilence. The stories you're about to hear are not real. Though they contain elements of the truth, the tales herein might entertain you, cause you to smile, or perhaps cry, or something else entirely. Because this anthology of narratives, some of them connected, others less so, acts as a door to another realm, you are about to board an interdimensional cruise ship in route to comedy, tragedy, and unspeakable cosmic horror. This one-way journey is powered by existential dread and nervous laughter. Once boarded, there is no turning back. The stories you are about to hear are an infection, a narrative contagion. Season 1 Punk Rock vs. The Lizard People Punk Rock vs. The Lizard People is currently available in its unabridged entirety as a novel by Joshua S. Porter. Order the book today on Amazon.com. This story references songs available on playlists through Apple Music and Spotify by searching Punk Rock vs. The Lizard People. Mod Log 7. The Talk with Emma. By the time everyone else had left, Emma and I were sitting on my couch sharing an Oreo Big Stuff and watching Who's the Boss. Emma had her legs drawn up on the couch and was taking a small bite of the giant Oreo. She was wearing her floral jeans, white with a pattern of orange blossoms and green leaves, and this baggy gray off-the-shoulder top that made my palms sweaty. Her dark brown hair pulled up in a long ponytail. Emma looked through the TV thoughtfully, took a bite, and asked me if I ever thought about my dad. All the time, I admitted, feeling incapable of pretense. Emma looked at me, looked into me, 
and without saying anything, seemed to understand. She didn't pry. She didn't go all awkward and overly sympathetic the way most people did when they talked to me about my dad. She looked at me with a sad, understanding little smile, touched my arm, and nodded. Why? I finally asked. I was thinking about you today, she said. I wonder how you can be so strong, or Becky, for that matter. I know it's totally different what you guys have been through, but you're so strong. I'm not sure I could do that. Becky went through hell a year prior when her mom suffered some sort of breakdown and left her, her sister, brother, and dad behind for a life of wanderlust and depravity. Rebecca Berkeley, not unlike Emma, is a tough girl. But having your mom abandon your family out of nowhere will break even the most resilient teenager. At school, people looked at her sideways, as if she somehow had something to do with the ruinous state in which her family had been left. They stepped around her as if a gentle breeze would make her crumble, and the majority of her allegedly close friends vanished. Not us. Amongst a group she could have never assembled if she tried, Becky found a new family willing to be pissed at her mom and to grieve her loss in the next breath. We knew Becky wasn't tainted. Her mom left because her mom was a moron. But that didn't mean Becky didn't want her to come home. I think we got that in our own way. Having you guys helps, I shrugged, looking back at the TV, breathing slowly. Emma took another bite of the Oreo. I haven't even been through anything really gnarly, and I already feel like you guys keep me sane. Or insane, I laughed. Emma looked at me and smiled. I think I like that better. This moment of electricity passed between us, and I became incredibly aware of the empty space between our bodies how small it was, and how close we were. There was so much of her simultaneously clear and mysterious in my peripheral vision. The welcome, soul-piercing kindness of her blue eyes, the soft glisten on her pink, glossy lips, the fair, soft-looking skin on her shoulders, the swell of her chest, even her red-tipped fingernails as she pinched the Oreo. And there we were, just sitting there, staring at each other while the laugh track from Who's the Boss played gently in the background. My heart was hammering so violently in my ribcage that I felt like it was audible. While I'm sitting there, obsessing over whether or not she can hear my pulse and if she's judging me for it, Emma extended a hand and touched my face. She cupped her soft palm around my cheek and chin like we were in a movie. Before I could wrap my head around this development, she leaned forward and we started kissing. I should tell you at this point that I've only kind of sort of kissed one other girl. It was Heather Salswadell in junior high, and it wasn't pretty. I think Heather expected a quick peck while I fully anticipated we were about to have the make-out of our lives, so the end result was messy. I was so embarrassed I stopped returning her calls, and her brother Alex threatened to beat me up. This kiss with Emma wasn't like that. People always talk about these momentary highs when they experience wild abandon during a performance or stunt or competition. They only realize much later they may not have been as incredible as they felt they had been in the moment. I guess that could have been what was happening here, but I really doubt it. I think I was awesome, and she was even more awesome. Or maybe it was only good because of her. I have no idea. The point is, it was awesome. I was grateful not to be alone in the attic that night. 
There are nights when being alone is just what you need, and there are nights when it's the last thing you need. This particular night was the latter. Later, I watched Emma drive away. I was smiling from ear to ear, invigorated with resolve. Something was clicking into place. I remembered what my mom had said about purpose, and it suddenly hit me. I had to get to Isaiah before he left. Season 1 of The Word Virus, Punk Rock vs. the Lizard People, Part 1, Earth Analog, was narrated by Josh Porter with additional voiceover from Bethany Allen. The original score was written, performed, and recorded by Eric Peterson. To ensure proliferation of The Word Virus, support our efforts via patreon.com slash thewordvirus. Lure others to infection using NARS. Follow and promote Twitter at thewordvirus and Instagram at SpreadTheWordVirus and at our main server, thewordvirus.com. Thank you.